Hi, welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Pictures Out There podcast series with Lee Stewart and Dave Fogelman. Lee and Dave discuss Part 3 of a five-part mini-series called Getting Our Lives into a Great Balance. Today's topic is Introduction to Cognitive Bias. Cognitive bias can cause us to misunderstand issues, misread situations, and be all wrong about people. Let's explore. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Well, thank you so much, Candy. This is Dave. And this is Lee. And welcome to Pictures Out There podcast series. So, this is the third part of a five-part podcast mini-series that we'll call Getting Our Lives into a Great Balance. Our topic in the first part of this mini-series we called The Magic of Balance and how we can create a great balance in our lives on all sorts of factors. A second part of this mini-series was our best balance of our spiritual and physical life experiences. So, how can our best intent to balance, particularly in actualizing ourselves and in making the world better, go sideways or backwards? That's going to be the topic for our next two podcasts in this series. Our topic this time in the third part affects our pictures, our perspectives, how we process our input and the output we share. That's why we want to talk about it. It affects balance. It's absolutely a big deal. It is. And so we call this part today, Introduction to Our Cognitive Biases. So cognitive biases, as we go through our conversation together today, we invite you to think about how each of these biases affects each of us and how these biases can affect our pictures, our perspectives, our input and our output. And most importantly, how can we recognize these biases in ourselves and flag them so we can actively set them aside and not let them limit all of the wonderful possibilities that life and relationships have to offer. Mm -hmm. A person who actually lives a life with great balance is, among a number of other things, always a person that actively works to minimize any destructive bias tendencies in their lives. There are no exceptions to this. And one of the important things that we want to note here, I think, Lee, is that biases come out of what is a very understandable and necessary human need to do some shortcutting. Okay? If we literally, if I met somebody and I waited until I knew everything about them before I interacted with them, my goodness, we'd be non You'd interact with no one. <laughs> so part of what we want to say is there is a very normal social need to shortcut in order for us to be effective in our lives and our interactions with people. The problem is when those shortcuts go the wrong direction yes. or are applied in the wrong situation. Yes. So understanding our very normal human tendencies towards some degree of bias in our daily lives, which is sourced by doing shortcuts, that's an important prerequisite in order for us to actively minimize any of their destructive, unbalanced tendencies. So let's go ahead and get started. Okay, there are a number of biases that we are going to examine today, the first of which is called anchoring bias. Anchoring bias. Hmm. Think of a boat anchor. Mm -hmm. This is a bias where we believe the first information that we are given or that we see or that we are told. So why do we have a rush to be the first to share a story or a headline or a rumor 
It's not just that we're the first to share it. It's that our version is more likely to be believed and to stay believed. Ah, So being first is important in this Mm -hmm. respect. This bias underscores the importance of getting the headline right. That is what is remembered since it's the first message seen. The power of social media, people are motivated to get their message, whether that message is true or not, or factual or not, or based in evidence or not. They want to get it out there first. Mm -hmm. For example, the power of conspiracy theories, by the way. We say that Rice Krispies are actually alien life forms. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh yeah, the snap, crackle, pop, or the aliens talking. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I said it first, therefore. Oh, so now I have to try to prove why that's not true. Or actually, wrong. I'd prefer that you propagate it just as I stated it. <laughs> but we're making a joke, but that's what happens, right? That's what happens. Yeah. So the anchoring bias is all about that which we are exposed to first tends to stick. I've had situations, Lee, where, and you probably have had too, where something gets back to you, where somebody said, you know, I heard this about you. Mm -hmm. And you literally go, you know, there's no conceivable way that anybody could have extrapolated anything from what I said or did to, to think that. It just is something that somebody made up. I think probably all of us have had that happen in our Mm -hmm. lives. And there's this part of you that just goes, that chuckles or just goes, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) And and then you have to react to it or you have to say, no, Mm -hmm. that's not it. And that deal of being put in a defensive position, if you have to answer this thing, is uncomfortable, and you just scratch your head over it. Yeah. How did this ever get to this point? But it is that anchoring bias it is that anchoring bias at work. Mm-hmm. And people know that. You know, get the story out there first. Okay, let's move on to number two. We'll call it the availability heuristic bias. I'll say that one more time the availability heuristic bias. This is a bias where we believe the information that's easily available to us, often not by facts or statistics, but by the news or stories we hear. What's available? What's easily available? As an example, The volume of pushed news that we receive about violence, its perpetrators and victims, virtually never matches the actual percentages of violence by race, class, or caste. Mm -hmm. There's been studies on this. Mm -hmm. This gives viewers or readers an inaccurate representation of violence. There's been a study done that said, for example, that whites were overrepresented as victims of violent crime, Mm -hmm. while blacks were underrepresented. Furthermore, whites were overrepresented and African Americans were underrepresented as police officers. Yes. And this is just one example. Yeah, there are numerous. Another example is the media that we each choose for political news are often determined by the message that we want to hear. We're busy. We, we don't have a lot of time to do this. Gosh, I just have one or two places that I want to go for news or for information. Well, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. What's easily available, it usually matches what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. This is often stories that are on the news. We've talked about the power of stories before, right? We frequently don't do the most minimal and simple online research to get a more full and factual sense of an issue or question. Where's our curiosity with that? In addition to getting information in the simplest way possible, we'll frequently seek out confirmation of our existing points of view in the easiest and most spoon-fed way. We'll talk about that a little bit later, confirmation bias. Each of these biases 
become even more powerful in concert with each other. So this is a particularly troublesome one, Dave. I think most of us listening to this podcast and having this discussion understand the following. In social media, whether you're on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, you choose the platform. What we go visit is served back to us by the automation behind it, right? Behind the technology. So for example, if I get all of my news from the New York Times, when I get up tomorrow morning, what are the news stories that are going to be served to me without my action? Stories from the New York Times, right? from Fox News, from CNN, whatever your outlet is. It's a reinforcing technology that says, oh, you like this stuff? Here's more of this stuff. And there's part of that where you can say, gee, I'm glad that you recognize what I like and that you're spoon feeding it to me. But where's our curiosity? Where's our critical thinking? Yeah. Where are those things where we challenge our own thinking and get new information? Yeah, and we subconsciously don't realize or understand that it's it's limiting the amount of information that we're actually being exposed to. So hopefully you can start seeing why we're talking about this as our lives can really get out, out of, of balance, balance when we start leaning into these biases too much. Absolutely. So let's take a look at our third bias. The first was anchoring. The second was availability heuristic. And now we are at bandwagon effect. Bandwagon effect. This is when we automatically go along with and believe what others in our peer group or some other reference group believe. Okay, so we're going along for the ride here. Mm. If people in our group believe in conspiracy theories, we may be likely to believe in them too. Here's an example. The legitimacy of the 2020 U.S. presidential election and the big lie in spite of all research, in spite of numerous investigations, and a mountain of facts to the contrary, many, many people still believe that the 2020 presidential election was illegitimate. It was rigged. It was fraudulent. There is no proof. None. None <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> There's so, no proof, but, but my buddies yeah. uh, believe in it. Right. Very, and, very powerful and I wanna, bandwagon. I want to stay a part of that group. Yeah. That's, that's my peer group. That's my, and we've talked about the power of groups mm-hmm. and group affiliations. And we've talked about the importance of not having group affiliations stop your connection to humanity. Yeah. And stop your individuality, your own critical thinking. This is a great example where a bias like this absolutely has the effect of cutting those things off. So here's another bandwagon effect bias example. So reactions to the ever-evolving knowledge of science. Disputed when our group of affiliation wants to ignore the present-day findings of science, and there are numerous. We could talk about global climate change and numerous others, but again, my group believes in X, so therefore I wish to believe in X as well. And what we're saying here, Lee, too, is that it's good to do legitimate critical thinking and research if you're in a minority viewpoint. Yes. But the deal of just cutting off thinking about it, cutting off research, I'm not going to listen to it mm-hmm. uh, because of peer group things. That's where the danger yeah, lies. It reinforces our uh, unintended biases when we behave that way. So we all live with the ever-present danger of creating groupthink. So if you want to consider this bandwagon effect bias as groupthink, that's a good synonym. Okay, so over the course of these two podcasts on this topic, we're going to be looking at about a dozen of types of bias. And so we're moving on to number four, and we're calling it choice supportive bias. This is where people will continue to defend a choice they've already made, even in the face of new facts. Example, I bought a certain type of car or truck. I'm going to take more note 
of any good media about the truck or car that I bought to support my choice. Mm -hmm. And I will take less note of any negative media. I want to feel good about about my my choice. choice. You know, I bought a Ford F-150 truck or a Dodge Ram or whatever it is I bought, Chevy truck. And, uh, okay, I like my choice. Other people probably think I made a bad choice. I want to affirm that truck that I bought's good. Mm-hmm. Where can I see stuff that says I'm so smart and mm-hmm. did great? Mm-hmm. You know, This bias really works to our detriment when we are asked for a deeper allegiance to a person or group. We've talked about the danger of this in other podcasts that we have previously supported and given our allegiance to, but now our ideals would be compromised by continuing to give that person or group our allegiance. I think we have this in political situations all the time where, uh, and, and on every side of it, where oh, yes. you have somebody that you have held on at a certain pedestal, you believed in what they said, you thought they were great, you kind of go, I don't know everything about them, but I think probably they match my ideals, they sort of do, and then, oh, you find out things about them. Right. And you have that deal of, okay, how far can I bend my ideals to keep supporting them? I don't want to think that I look stupid before by supporting this person, but now they've made this huge blunder or we're finding out more about their character and we will deny, defend all of that type of thing. Yeah, we'll contort ourselves so that we can maintain our perspective. Yep. So the next bias is called confirmation bias. I bet if you've never heard the label, I think you'll understand how this works. We tend to listen to things we already know or hear information through the filter of our already existing knowledge or beliefs. Here are some examples. If we only read things or have conversations with people that support our spiritual beliefs, okay? Or if we only read things or have conversations with people that support our beliefs about our physicality, about our own bodies, Or how about if we only read things or have conversations with people that support our beliefs about the world, about our nation, our region, our neighborhood? I think we've all had conversations with people where you can sense that something that you're saying or a position or a thought that you're expressing is going in direct contrast or the opposite of the belief system of the person that you're talking to. Yes. And there's a certain look that will go over the person's face where mm-hmm. you can see, mm-hmm. oh, my belief system is under attack. Yeah, I'm being challenged. I'm being challenged. Or sometimes there's even a, a glazing of the eyes that kind of happens. And you can see the person going, do I want to respond to this? These things where we try sometimes to avoid interactions or information that runs counter to things we already know or believe is very, very powerful. And as Lee has pointed out before in some of the other bias talk, you'll look for things that confirm what you already believe. Sometimes you, if somebody kind of attacks your belief system, what's the first thing that you want to go do as soon as you get away from them? Go go back and reaffirm, I'm retrench. Go find some supporting evidence retrench. that I'm right in yes. my belief. So number six, we call the ostrich bias. <laughs> I love this one. Mm-hmm. So this is when we ignore negative or dissonant information and only accept positive or supportive information. So we're the ostrich burying our heads in In the the sand. sand. Yes. So here's an example. When we resist understanding our nation, talking about the United States, our nation's true past and the present as it relates to slavery. Mm Mm-hmm. 
to racism and to the still present caste system, we will call it in the United States. We're going to do some podcasts on that concept. So anytime where we're going, gee, I really don't want to know about that. Uh, in our current day, there's a lot of debate about 1619. Yes. Which is actually when slavery in the United States, not yet a country, began. Yes. And there is a faction that just doesn't want to hear about it. So you could call this the ostrich bias, as researchers do. I sometimes think of it as the blah, 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 blah. I don't want to hear it bias, right? Cover, cover your, cover ima- your ima- ears. Imagine Lee covering his ears it's, and going blah, 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 blah. I know I'm going to disagree with this. I know that whatever you're going to have to say is disconfirming of my beliefs. So I'm just simply going to tune it out. Yeah. Another example, celebrities that we still like or even worship who constantly misbehave their misbehaving actions would have major implications to non-celebrities. Yeah, the average person. Yeah. And we would disapprove of their behavior and of them, but as fans, we'll often ignore the misbehavior of celebrities that we like. I just like that guy. I don't care that he steals things from Walmart every time he goes in. Yeah. I just like him. Yeah. 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 So we have an added resource for you listeners, if you would like there is an excellent YouTube video about these cognitive biases that we've been discussing from Practical Psychology and Eismanoff TV. That's I-S-M-O-N-O-F-F TV. And this has over 1 million views. It's titled 12 Cognitive Biases Explained, How to Think Better and More Logically Remove Bias. So let's for a second here just talk briefly about, again, the notion of balance. And imagine that you are trying to, through the speed of life, the acceleration of life, the zillion things that are coming at you every day, you're trying to stay true to what's actually going on, what the truth is about situations that you're involved in, what the truth is about people that you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. You're wanting to be balanced. You're wanting to be accurate. You're wanting to do the right things, respond to the right things, and then take the right actions or behaviors. Let's, let's assume good intent for all of us. And I hope what we're trying to point out here is with each one of these, if we allow these to just control us or we lean too far into one of these biases as part of trying to deal with the flood of information and people that comes at us, we're going to get out of balance. Mm-hmm. Our life is out of balance. We're now responding to the wrong things or to things that don't even exist. We're shutting off our critical thinking. We're shutting off our curiosity. We're shutting off our listening skills, all of these things. So that's why this topic is so important for us to talk about today and why we're hitting it today and in the next podcast. So we like to close with a quotation, this one from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he stated, the ultimate question for a responsible man to ask is not how he is to extricate himself heroically from the affair, but how the coming generation is to live. And to live in balance, we might add. Yes. So what are your pictures? What are your perspectives? What are your ideals? What is your influence to use? All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to talking more about cognitive biases in our next podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about pictures out there 
at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures. <laughs>